Hello and welcome to the 16 and a bit episode of the Pointy Hatcast. I am your host, Sam, also known as Ducky O'Brien on Twitch. And we are joined today by our co-host, fellow Trekkies, Barry. What's up? And Isaiah. What's up? Today's episode is on a movie disguised as a movie disguised as another movie, Galaxy Quest. Our, move, our, <laughs> our email is pointyhatcast at gmail.com. Please send us any questions or comments as well as any requests for movies for us to watch. Once again, the email is pointyhatcast at gmail.com. Galaxy Quest was released on December 1999 in the U.S. It was directed by Dean Pariseau, who directed Red 2 and the upcoming Bill & Ted movie, uh, Bill & Ted 3 Face the Music. The screenplay was written by David Howard and Robert Gordon. It stars Tim Allen, Sigourney Weaver, Alan Rickman, Tony Shalhoub, who is also Monk, Sam Rockwell, one of our podcast favorite actors, Daryl Mitchell, Enrico Colantoni, Colantoni, and many more. As of this podcast, it has a Rotten Tomato score of 90% for critics and 78% for the audience. The alumni cast of a space opera television series have to play their roles as the real thing when an alien race needs their help. However, they also have to defend both Earth and the alien race from a reptilian warlord. Okay, why don't I get into it? Where anyone wants to start us off here? Wait, was it Isaiah that goes first? I forgot the order. Oh my sake, you're so tired. <laughs> Go ahead, Isaiah. Go ahead, Isaiah. I'll, I'll start Isaiah first. Okay. Um, I'll, no, it's usually Oops. Barry, but I guess I'll start oh, this Oh, what? Oh, uh, okay. Okay. So this was my first time seeing the movie, right? I had a great time think? watching it, though. Right? Oh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It was surprisingly a lot funnier than I thought it would be. And I'm not a huge Star Trek guy. Don't know that much. Definitely not as much as Barry, because, you know, I'm not a nerd. But, uh, <laughs> and I haven't seen well, a lot of TV shows. me. <laughs> but I do know a decent amount of the backstory and the history. And I've seen all the newer Star Treks. So I got, I feel like, a decent number of the references, but a lot of it just went over my head, so it was whatever. But, yeah. <laughs> seeing, <laughs> Wait. seeing Dwight as an alien. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> by far my favorite moment in the whole film. Uh, I was like, okay, that... Instantly, 10 Suicide Squads right there. It's as good as it gets. <laughs> Nothing else needs to be said. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I feel like a lot of the actors were just so incredible. It was an amazing cast. Like Alan Rickman. Dude, Snape. Snape is a legend. Dude, mm-hmm. rest in peace, man. Like Such. I think <sighs> you really stole the show in this movie. Absolutely. Yeah. Just every scene he was in, just so incredible. Absolutely <laughs> astonishing. The self-loathing and like, oh my god. The stupid tentacle head that he always kept on. Yeah, he kept it on through the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And seeing Sigourney Weaver, but like younger, like, was like really attractive. I was like, this is kind of <laughs> weird. <laughs> Because <laughs> all I can think of her is like aliens, Ridley, right? Ridley, Ridley. Oh, Ridley. Which Ridley. is yeah, which is which is yeah. funny because I think she's gone on record in saying that her performance in this movie is essentially anti-Ridley. Yeah, honestly, it's like almost completely opposite. But at the same time, it feels like it's super meta, where they're making fun of the fact that she's oversexualized by making her oversexualized, and then making fun completely. of that. Yep. So. Everything is like everything in this movie is like three or four layers deep of meta humor. It's it, incredible. It goes so deep. It's so deep. Yeah, I think with rewatches, this film would just keep getting better and better. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess for me as just an initial viewer, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, more than Star Trek Beyond. <laughs> <laughs> For me, I think this is my favorite Star Trek movie. Like, legitimately. More than any of the other ones. Wrath of Khan, whatever. 
Star Trek, the Star Trek, Star Trek Into Darkness, featuring Eggs Benedict Cumberbatch, Star Trek Beyond, whatever you know. I, I think this is the best Star Trek film, not just because, and it's wow. it's it's funny because it's, it's a parody. <laughs> it's a yeah. parody of Star it's Trek. Completely a parody. And I mean, taking out my subjective opinion, objectively, it's still easily one of the best Star Trek films. It's kind of it's kind of baffling, you know. The performances in this movie are kind of incredible because Absolutely. it's not just it's not just the actors playing a role. It's actors playing a role. It, it's like it's Tropic like Tropic Thunder. Thunder. It's yeah, actors it's playing Thunder. a role, playing a role. And there's like there's like so much subtext to each of the performances, and it's just absolutely wonderful. And the more you know about Star Trek, the more little references you get because every single like line of dialogue and every single scene is packed with little tidbits and stuff from Star Trek. I, I mean, I'm not I'm like a passable fan, and I picked up on some of them, but there's like some really deep dives into Star Trek, not just like the show lore but like the actors like the mm-hmm. the scene where tim allen is in the bathroom and like he's listening to people like make fun of him like he's he's a joke and all that stuff like like his little low point in there that actually happened to uh uh shatner at a con really? like wow. back in the day <laughs> like crazy. when he realized that like he's kind of a he's kind of a washed up joke and like the whole cast hates him because he was cut kind of, he was a Man, Shatner was a massive diva in the original Star Trek. Like he was like a like a narcissistic bastard, basically. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> yeah, and it works because like Tim Allen's character is really satirizing him. Like the, from everything from the performance to like the posture, like he does a couple classic Kirk poses in the movie, <laughs> like in his captain's mm-hmm. chair. It's yeah, just. Yeah. Oh, everything's just so the roles. great. <laughs> All of the roles. Yeah. Does it help? It's like, yeah, it helps. <laughs> yeah, it helps. Yeah. Where's your gun? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I see you managed uh, to get your shirt off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's such a, it's such, that's great. Just lambasting. This, this, oh my God. And then uh, Laredo making fun of Will Wheaton. It's like, why is mm-hmm. a child on, on the bridge of the Star Trek Enterprise? Yeah. <laughs> why is he piloting the ship? A little baby. And like Sam Rockwell's character is so great because he's just, he's a crew member number six. He's a red shirt, right? He's the guy that dies five minutes in. in just every gets single... sucked out into space. You're like, oh. Like when okay. they beam down to the alien planet, it's like, we need to pump up the stakes. So let's just kill a red shirt. Yeah. <laughs> You gotta show them the stakes are real. Oh my god, everything is just wonderful. And like, god, the the costume design, the performances, even the set design. The set design is great. Because everything looks a, deliberately a little bit crappy, right? Especially as soon as Sarah shows up and his ship looks amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh my god. <laughs> and like his ship is like this incredible little miniature and like his bridge is like this crazy like lizard like organic thing going on and like all of them are like oh man the design of Ceres and all of his goons is so great and it looks so good because it's animatronics and it's practical yeah it's practical most of it it looks so good and then like like their starship is so crappy <laughs> And it, it wor- and it just it's so funny because it works in the film because they just based it off of the crappy like whatever 70s show oh man it's so good yeah I, I, I definitely love this film very much it works on many levels and it's just so funny what do you think Sam? Dude, yeah oh uh, man I love this film a lot too like on my second viewing this week uh, I just realized like how well crafted it is yeah, everyone else nailed it. It's it's a parody on the level of Tropic Thunder. But instead of going super crazy with the humor, it it's out of love. Like you can tell that the people who made this, they're poking fun, obviously, but it's out of a, a loving way because of how much detail and effort they put into these little scenes. And like 
putting aside the parody stuff, it's actually a well-crafted movie. Uh, I want to just point out a few examples here. So first of all, the acting performances are incredible. So there's a scene where Tim Allen is in the elevator shaft. They're moving down. He's showing off the real ship to these guys, right? And it's like yeah, a yeah. couple of seconds, but you see Tim Allen is like excited to show off the ship. The aliens are just there. You know, they're just like being aliens. You got Monk. He's kind of like hyped, but he's treating it as normal. And everyone else is just flabbergasted. There's no like, mm-hmm. there's very little dialogue in the scene. It's it's very short, but like they nailed it, right? It's just an example of the fine acting here where uh, it's not just the comedy. They're just just good acting. Every character is so distinct too, right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're not like generic. And then you got genuine emotional developments in, in this movie where, you know, Tim Allen's having a midlife crisis. Um, he realizes that he's a joke, like you said, with what happened to Shatner. I didn't know that happened, but that was honestly kind of sad. And it's kind of sad, too, because if you think about yeah. these actors where they play this one role and it means so much to people, but they can't really monetize it. And they've been typecast, so, like, they can't find work outside of gigs. Yeah, yeah and... Uh, there's a joke where Tim Allen comes and like, guys, guys, we got, we got to go. There's an alien ship. It's real. And then they're like, oh my God, you're being an a-hole. Why are you treating us this way? And the fans, they go away into a van. And then Monkey's <laughs> like, hey, this might be the last game that we get. And they're like, you think he was talking about a job? Like, and then it dawns on him and then just rush out. <laughs> and I was just they like, <laughs> yeah, they started running. It's so, it's so funny, but it's so sad. Because it's the reality of some of these actors' face. Yeah. Uh, Another thing, like, it's well-constructed. So I'm going to give another example. Like, it's so well-developed. And the more I watched it, especially next to Star Trek Beyond, the more I realized that this film is, like, many levels beyond, (laughs) no pun intended, (laughs) that Star Trek movie. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Dying inside. (laughs) Here's why. So there's a scene where they're eating dinner together, and then they bring up the Omega-13, which is supposedly a doomsday device, right? And then this is very similar to Star Trek Beyond, and then Tim Allen's character is like, how do you know? And then, well, Mathisar, the head alien, is like, let me show you. And it shows a torture scene. And then <laughs> it's kind of funny, also a little shocking, but mostly funny. And then, uh, And then it motivates these people, the other actors, to leave because they're like, oh my god, the stakes are real. And then it does a couple of things here. It establishes Omega-13 as a doomsday device, a potential weapon, and then establishes Ceres as a threat. He's a bad Chekhov's guy. Chekhov's gun. Sure. Literally Chekhov's <laughs> gun. He's a bad guy. Bad guy. And then it establishes the stakes are real, and also it serves as a transition to the next scene because after that, they're just running out and they're like, guys, we gotta leave. Like, we gotta go home. <laughs> we gotta go home. So then this is like the low point in, in quote-unquote, like a hero's arc where they provide conflict and the heroes are reluctant to face it. And, you know, yeah. like Sam Rockwell says, I'm just crewman number six. I'm expendable. I'm the guy in the episode who dies to prove the situation is serious. <laughs> like, that fun. <laughs> I mean, that joke. Yeah, and like... <laughs> it works so well. It's so well, and there's multiple scenes that are, are like structured in this manner. There's a lot of foreshadowing. They do a lot of setup and payoff. It's actually kind of wonderful. Yeah, like uh, Justin Long, Brandon, the nerd, where they switch the, the communication device, or like they establish that he knows the layout of the ship very well in the beginning of the movie, and later on, he Tim Allen runs into him, and they switch the communicator that he got from the aliens, the real one. Mm-hmm. So that like establishes character that he's gonna, he's capable of helping them out in that situation, and they have a means of communicating with him instead of like a Deus Ex Machina situation. Like all of these things are built up, and then they pay off, and it's just yeah. multiple examples of that. If you go through the movie, multiple examples of scenes that have more than one purpose, like. Well-structured, well-acted. It's just a well-constructed movie. Yeah, it's like surprisingly well-made. Yeah. That said, if you don't like Star Trek, then I don't think you're going to enjoy this movie as much. But if you study it objectively as a film, I think you'll find that it's incredibly well-made. Surprisingly so. Yeah. Not Suicide Squad. I think it could still be funny, even if you're not a Star Trek fan. Because I think they yeah. they do enough to just establish the setting and the characters that you can just be along for the ride, you know? 
Yeah, I'm just saying, like, I am crazy in love with this film because it's so good. <laughs> I, I, so I like sci-fi. <laughs> yeah, it's so much fun. Like, there's just... Every scene has so much going on. There's, like, humor and drama and, like, there's emotional stakes. And, like, every scene. How many movies and, uh, yeah, can every scene. That? Also, the genius is that the one of the characters, usually a guy or uh, Sam Rockwell, he's like, is it Sam Rockwell? It is, right? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. Sam Rockwell's guy. I thought my brain was dying. <laughs> crewman number six. But like, yeah, crewman number six. He's like, you're not going to die, guy. He's like, I'm not. Then what's my last name? <laughs> Tell me. What's my is last name? Greek- <laughs> what's my last name? <laughs> and then it's funny because when they're looking, they land on the planet to find a fuel source. And then they look at the aliens and they ate the crippled baby one, uh, the crippled alien guy. And then Sigourney Weaver says really quickly, and you'll miss it if you're not paying attention. It's like, she said, let's go before one of those things kills Guy. (laughs) 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 Just like. Just um, call him out. Yeah, call him out. Or also like Guy was saying, hey, uh, you think they're cute, but they're going to do this thing and then they're going to go crazy and then all of a sudden we're going to be surrounded by a bunch of them and then it happens. No, but the best, like Sam Rockwell is like the best in this movie. He points out all the dumb stuff. Like yeah. When they la- and then when, like when they land on that planet and they just open the hatch, he's like, what are you doing? This is an <laughs> alien planet. Is there air? You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. And the monkey's like, seems fine to me. So let's just move on. <laughs> Also hilarious, Monk has a bag, paper brown bag of snacks that he carries the entire time. Yeah. Throughout most of that movie. Yeah. He's just like chilling the entire time. Just it's so out. great. Like, no matter what the situation is, like, just like the adjunct, like, deadpan way he delivers everything is so wonderful. <laughs> like, in the middle of the fight, and like, the ship's getting blown to pieces, and he's like, hey guys uh they tell me that the ship can't take it it's gonna break apart (laughs) (laughs) and and dwight is just standing in the background (laughs) yeah (laughs) group hug guys group hug group Group hug hug. (laughs) it's so so wonderful (laughs) so ridiculous it's amazing how like goofy and ridiculous everything in the movie is, and yet it works in the context. It works. Yeah. And how yeah, it tells you that it's goofy and it's stupid, <laughs> and what's exactly going to happen? It still gets you. Everything's so like the performances from like the Thermians in particular are so weird. Yeah, and yet it kind of works. It was initially so off-putting, but it's like oh. It, it kind of grows on you. It, yeah. it does. And yeah. like the scream that they do, it's like, oh. It's like, <laughs> ow, ow, ow. <laughs> What the fuck is this? Uh, I was so just thinking, I was like, who made this? Imagine being a scriptwriter yeah. and like trying to write this out. <laughs> we gotta check. We gotta find the script for a movie. I believe, I don't think they were written that way. I think a lot of that um, is owned by the actors. Oh, no, really? They had a... Like every every actor had some creative input on their characters, oh, and like okay. that weird way they talk and move in the film is from uh, what was it Mathazar? His actor came up with the way he talked, and they're like, "Okay, this kind of works. We'll we'll go with it." And then everyone just ran with it. Yeah, they just ran with it. Wow, yeah. impressive. It's, it's pretty cool. It's it's kind of an actor's movie. Everyone is just yeah. kind of yeah. doing their performance. It's it, kind of it very much feels like that. One thing I noticed, so when, after the spaceship gets wrecked in the minefield, and uh, Will Wheaton, <laughs> wannabe, Will Wheaton parody guy, he's injured and he's just yelling all the time, right? So Mathazar goes to pick him up and bring him to the med bay, right? You can see him almost break character and laugh during that, like a short <laughs> clip there. Because he's just like, going, ah! <laughs> like making this outrageous sound, yeah, being Just injured screaming. and like, yeah. I was like, how is no one laughing? That's hilarious. And I, I saw Mathisar's, uh Enrico Colantoni, uh, almost laughed. There. He, he breaks his arm, and then like two yeah. scenes later, he's just perfectly fine. Yeah, he has a he has a cast though for one scene. So like, it's like it's completely continuity. deliberate because that's how they did it in the series too. It's just like, yeah. oh, I've been shot, and then like three scenes later, he's just fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
just so ridiculous. Not to mention, though, I would like to point out that it is ridiculous, but despite that, they pay a lot of con- attention to continuity where I guess it doesn't matter. So, like, after that scene, Alan Rickman's character is like, I'm going to go look for a pub. And then the next scene is they're in a yeah, meeting room. And he has a drinking. cup. Yeah, he's drinking. Um, <laughs> pilot guy oh, yeah, has his arm that. in a robot cast. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it's just gone. <laughs> so, like, they have it, but then it's just like, this is what it would have looked like if it was continuity. And then this is what it looks like in the Star Trek universe where it's just like, poof, everything's fine. Yeah, space time, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Things happen quickly, whatever. It's perfectly fine. This movie looks surprisingly good, with with some notice, notable exceptions. Like mm-hmm. considering it was made in 1999, guys, this is 1999. Wow, crazy! And like the the practical effects are great because they're practical. Like Sarah's looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like the limit, they they really used the ships sparingly, which is the right way to do it. And I wonder, I wanna, I wanna say. I want to say that no, I want to say that their ship was miniature, but Ceres's ship might have been CG, or or maybe like just a combination of CG and miniature, very deliberately, because every everything about the protector is deliberately a little bit crappy (laughs) in every shot, right? Yeah, because it's funny, it's hilarious. (laughs) I love when they have like, what is it? Those things that like smash. The oh, choppers. Yeah. Yeah, like, who wrote like, this episode? This Whoever year? wrote this episode should die. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this episode was badly written. It's, it's like funny because it's like, oh, they just based it off the TV show. Even though it was yeah, like stupid yeah. as hell, they just decided yeah, to do it. It's not practical. Oh, it's so funny. And like, God, every every single scene is so good. And you really have to break it down. Everything, everything in this movie is pulled directly, lifted directly from the series, but made hilarious and comical, and it works. And and there's still like there's still like an emotional core and drama, and you like yeah. genuinely care about the characters. It's, yeah. it's it's fairly astonishing. It's amazing how they're able to do that. Yeah, that's such a fine line to walk. I feel like very few films in general are able to achieve that i think a lot of marvel films are the exception to the rule but then you look at dc and it's like they don't know how to handle how to be funny and be serious have characters that you can care about you know uh suicide squad <laughs> question oh, that is terrible yeah. oh my it's really hard i think in comedies especially like this is a really goofy comedy and yeah and you you still have characters you care about and you kind of you're kind of still in, you're invested in the story too. It's it's a really like exemplary script writing, great performances, great directing. Like there's there's tension throughout the film and it builds up. It's so good. It's so good. Oh, also like I wanted to like you know like you said it goes four layers deep. Like there's multiple layers, but I really liked how the Thermians, the aliens, they're kind of like the the innocent fans, right? But like when they first meet the cast and crew of the show, mm-hmm. they treat them with the utmost respect. And then you kind of see like how, like Sigourney Weaver's character, she's over-sexualized, right? But yeah. then when Mathazar meets her, he treats her with a lot of respect and then kisses her hand, right? I guess nowadays, maybe people might not consider that uh, gentleman-like or, like, the proper way to treat a lady, but back then, it's, like, showing the almost respect to this this lady and not treating her as a sexualized object. She's kind of a... Her character, by the way, is kind of of a pastiche of Uhura, um, Seven of Nine, and uh-huh. a couple other Star Trek females. Like, that, that line she has... Oh, like, uh, Deanna Troy? The, yeah, Deanna Troy. It's yeah. like, at least at least they asked you what your character did on the show. My my interview was six paragraphs of how my boobs fit into my uniform. Yeah, a, that was a real thing. Like Jerry Ryan wow. had really? that happened to Jerry Ryan a seven of seven nine. Seven of nine. Okay. What the hell? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Most of like it's incredible how many things they've blended in from like the characters mm-hmm. as they appeared in the show. 
and the actors in real life and all their experiences have blended together in this film. Like Alan Rickman is bit is, <laughs> Alan, I can, I cannot say enough about Alan Rickman in this because he's so fucking him. good. Yeah. He's uh he's Spock. He's Data. He is Patrick yeah. St- Sir Patrick Stewart. I used to be in the Shakespeare Company. <laughs> yeah, and he's also a little bit of himself because he's yeah. Alan Rickman, yeah. and he he started in Shakespeare. <laughs> But then oh, he just gets yeah, types ca- typecast as a villain, and there's a little bit of him in there. Oh, quick little trivia: um, mm-hmm. Patrick Stewart obviously is a Sir Patrick Stewart now. Absolutely, cause he was because he was knighted. But yes. under originally, there was supposed to be a lot more about how his character in this film was was a knight. He, he had been knighted, but under Alan Rickman's advisement, they thought that it would be a little bit too much. So they took that out, but he still appears mm. in the in the meta credits as uh, Sir Alexander, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Respect, dude. Respect. Respect. Yeah. They they all had like a lot of input into their into their characters. You can tell it was done out of love too, like in Pokemon. Uh, there's so much love in this but, film. Yeah. Because especially because the the fans like the Trekkies end up being the hero of the movie, right? Yes, that's also got. Oh, there's so much good about this film. Like, like that's another meta commentary. As much as they make fun of these guys, they're also like they—they they are the real heroes of the film. Literally, they save the ship and and the planet and the Thermians <laughs> and, and like everything. Why didn't it explode? It's like, oh, it always stops at one on the show. Yeah. <laughs> and he's putting out the trash. Yeah, he's putting <laughs> so out the trash because his mom made him. You know, like he's not there to explain that it stops at one. So, like, it creates like this this sense of tension, you know? It still works because you know that's it's going to happen like that. Most of the people, his mom, by the way, appeared in Star Trek. I don't remember which one. Oh. The mom okay. character. Well, she is in uh, Star Trek. Oh, she dies, Trek. right? Um, there's a bunch of casts in this film that have been in actual Star Trek. Wait, that's actually really funny. I remember her character now. She was in Next Generation, right? Yeah. Yeah. She's in there. Um, a lot of the cast have been in real Star Trek, I believe. Oh, man. Like, one of them, like, they're e- they're either directly in Star Trek or their relatives or parents have been in Star Trek. It's kind of astonishing. Hmm. None that you mentioned, I can remember her now. Yeah. I remember her dying. <laughs> <laughs> another was she another red shirt. shirt. Yeah, another yeah. red shirt, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, it's so much fun. Like, man, I, I want to think, think back. I want to say that I saw this in theaters, but I'm not entirely sure. I watched this on VHS. <laughs> I might have seen it. I, I don't know. But, like, in the theatrical release... Mm-hmm. The movie, I believe, was in four three, right oh. up until that reveal moment, where he's up on like the pod deck and like the bay doors open. He's looking out into space, and then it expands to widescreen. It's like a cool little cinematic thing. That would be that would have been cool to see. So there, there's so much little, there's so many little details like that in this movie. Everyone, everyone has like a little arc, you know. Yeah. Like obviously Tim Allen has the main arc because he's the main character. Mm-hmm. Alan Rickman has a little arc. Sigourney Weaver, like she she has some <laughs> stuff to do. I, I like that as much as they make fun of the fact that she's just like a sex object. Like her her, mm-hmm. her uniform just slowly disintegrates over the course. Yeah, of the life. <laughs> she's just in a bra at the end. Yeah, yeah she's just in a, like a bra. You're like, <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh, there was like another movie like that where they were making like fun of like how oversexualized the female characters were, and then by the end, it's like the female character is just hypersexualized. Uh, Cabin uh, in the Woods. Uh, I haven't seen that one. I don't think that's. Oh, it. that's pretty good. Oh my god. Okay, we have our next movie then. We got to do Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> it's it's not scary, by the way. It's just uh, it's a parody off of a scary movie. Yeah, okay. It's Joss Whedon. Yeah. It's Joss Whedon. Yeah. Oh. It's okay. uh it's a meta commentary and, uh, as well. And Thor. Thor is it? Oh, is he motorcycle guy? Yeah. That's Chris Hemsworth, okay, dude. Yeah, okay. What? Okay, we're doing Cabin in the Woods next then. You're just trying to make us watch scary movies. I'm trying to I'm trying <laughs> to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to break you into scary movies. 
And then we're going to do Pandorum. It's going to be great. No, no, we're not doing Pandorum. We I'm okay do, with Cameron uh, in the Woods. I watched it. We got to do Shutter Island. Shutter Island? Shutter Island. Shutter Island's pretty what good. What about uh, Cameron in the Woods and then Dale and Tucker versus Eve? Uh, yeah, we could do that. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's a lower end comedy. It's like a parody on scary movies, but I don't know. That's oh, just we're, just, a suggestion. Are we just diving into parodies now? No, like it's it's deep dive on parodies. Spoopy parodies. I think. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I love parodies. I love sat- satirization. I think it's like the most, one of the most sincere forms of filmmaking. Because it's yeah. just, mm-hmm. it's just, they're almost exclusively oh. done out of love. With with notable exceptions like scary movie and all those piece of crap movies, disaster movies, Black Dynamite, uh, Black Dynamite. Oh, okay. How about we do Cabin in the Woods and Black Dynamite? Wait, there you see, didn't watch it, right? Black Dynamite, right? I've not seen Black Dynamite. You gotta watch. Okay, okay, it's settled, dude. Cabin in the Woods and Black Dynamite, because Dale and Tucker vs Evil is kind of is kind of weak, even though I I love it, but. No, Black Dynamite is amazing. Yeah, Black Dynamite is amazing. Also, like, parodies, when done right, they're done out of love. Like, it has to be done out of love. If you do it out of, like, hate or you're jaded, the film doesn't, it doesn't come off in the right way. Yeah, it's, the writing in this movie is so good because there's clearly a lot of fandom and a lot of love for it. Uh, there's, I mean, I could, I could spend all day going over the little references in this. Like, when... Um, Alan Rickman is holding like his little tricorder thing upside down. It's because <laughs> it's a funny moment, but it's also because mm-hmm. Leonard Nimoy held his his tricorder thing upside down for the entire first season of the of Star Trek. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> and like obviously, like Tim the Allen goes first sure. season. Yeah, the entire first season, and nobody said anything. To him. Oh my god, that's so funny. And then, obviously, Sam Rockwell's character is making fun of every red shirt ever. Sigourney Weaver, her character is really based on, or her more than anything else, because she didn't have anything to fucking do. <laughs> I just say what the computer says. <laughs> she had nothing to do. <laughs> that had me dead. <laughs> she literally just repeats what the computer says. Yeah, it's where they're like, it's getting really annoying, and she gets angry. She's like, look, I have one job on this ship. This Nazi ship, it's stupid, but I'm going to do it, okay? <laughs> it's like, okay. I was like, oh, dedication to the role, man. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Yeah. And then, like, um, when they're eating, you mentioned this earlier, they're eating in the dining room, and Tim Allen mentions that it tastes like I- corn-fed Iowa beef. That's significant because Kirk is from Iowa. So oh, a little, okay. little, little, yeah, little yeah. bit of thing there. Okay. A little, little the bit there. Fields. From the cornfields of Iowa. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the rock monster and the pig beast are directly referencing a couple things, too. In fact, that whole sequence where um, Monk... Fuck, I wish I, knew his, his, I wish I knew his name better. I'm just going to call him Monk like you are. Yes, yeah, where, Monk. Monk, <laughs> where Monk teleports him off the planet. That was actually direct insp- inspiration for the new Star Trek movie. Remember where they're yeah. falling through the air? Yep. And they teleport them out oh, of it. Oh yeah, that's that was it. like J.J. Abrams has said that that's directly inspired from Galaxy Quest. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> Galaxy Quest is canon. It's yeah, canon yeah. now, dude. Oh my god! Like the the pig monster, and they teleport it off. It's like it's what inside happened? out. It's inside <laughs> out, and it exploded. Oh my god! Like the the practical oh. effect there is so gross and so good it was nasty, like where it blows yeah. up and sends little meat chunks and like he has like a little like little giblet of stuff on his upper lip and it just slowly falls away <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i can't like there's if he went over it like every scene it, this podcast could last hours like uh, yeah easily, just forever easily everything everything is set up and paid off even the stupid yeah. rock monster has a payoff. Yeah, exactly. The <laughs> yeah. rock monster. Uh, oh, one thing I wanted to also like mention was that even though it's it's goofing and like riffing on these characters and, and the series, it also treats the movie world with some gravitas. Where 
the scene where they're launching the ship, right? And then they're like, oh, some of them are, are, are Thermians would like to see this, you know, moment in history. So they come out and they're applauding. And it's kind of like, you know, if you insert any fan, they would love to be on, on the deck of, or the set, you know, of a, mm-hmm. a shoot, right? And like, they would love to be there yeah. and see it. And then he scrapes the spaceship. Off yeah, <laughs> he almost kills him. Like you see them awkwardly step back because, like, oh, it's too close. And and everyone's just like trying to veer the ship with their body. You know that scene was awesome. <laughs> but yeah, like it treats it treats the movie world like a subject matter with some gravitas as well, which um was especially jarring when I saw Star Trek Beyond because like the beginning opening sequence. Again, like you mentioned it's well shot. Well, well. Uh, the audio on there is really, really well done. But, like, it doesn't have that same, like, what's happening here is important. It can be funny. It can be a lot, a lot of action, too. It can be silly. It can be stupid. But also, there's some important things happening here. And I, I felt like Beyond lacked that. Whereas this movie, even though it's pointing out how stupid things are, like, almost every scene, it also shows that things are kind of, there's some weight to these things here. Like, the characters or emotions or whatnot. And somehow it manages to accomplish both. And I, that's what surprises me. Yeah, there's a lot of heart in this movie. It's kind of, it's kind of astonishing. Um, like that, oh man, that, that scene with Grafthar's hammer. Yeah. They, they, they I, built I, that I, up the whole movie. And I'm yeah. like, oh man, I feel oh, something God. here. Actually, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, it actually means something. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it was funny too, because he just gets shot and he's like, I'm shot. <laughs> yeah, I'm <Falls> shot. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy's gun stops working, so he's just like, oh, no. <laughs> he's just out in the hallway for like a full minute, yeah. slapping his gun. <laughs> just like, drag him in, drag him. He needs his death scene. <laughs> yeah, <he's just> <laughs> and then Alan Rickman fucking tackles him. Oh my yeah. god, it's wonderful. Yeah, that scene gets me every time, though. I, I I do have to point out a little bit of a problem I have with that scene. Because mm-hmm. earlier in the film, they show you the barracks, and it's like this uh-huh. infinite mirror effect where it's like oh, 10 yeah. million dudes, and they show it to you again, and it's like 20 guys in a room. <laughs> yeah. The room somehow became like... A hundredth of a set. Oh, yeah, literally. Yeah. Like, what happened to all the dudes? <laughs> what they, happened they to lost the mirror. Room? The rest of them just got uh, taken out into the vacuum of space, bro. Yeah, the room got, got taken away. out too. Yeah, the rock monster like, punched like it out. Like in Star Trek. Oh my god, I love that. I love that scene so much where they teleport the rock monster in. There's smoke too. It's shot so well. Like they're playing. Like it doesn't make any sense in the context because the ship is about to self destruct and they're just sitting there yeah. playing poker. And you're like, "What the fuck are you doing, you idiots? <laughs> Why are you sitting here smoking and playing poker?" But it's shot so well. Like, the camera pans up to a top-down perspective to give you the sense of the scale. And then it's just, like, it just gives you this wide, hilarious shot of all these goofy aliens smoking and playing poker. <laughs> and, like, it teleports them in, and you're just like, <laughs> And it's so comic, too, because they do the thing where they're, like, showing them. They're trying to run out, and they hit the dead end. They're like, no, no, <laughs> you know? goofy uh and then it gives you like almost like a 2001 space odyssey moment where they like blast him into space it's just like this rock monster floating out in space it's like this epic music and it's a, a stupid rock monster you know <laughs> it's like the rock monster is like the only sort of bad cgi in the entire film and it's okay it works yeah. it's it fine works. like it, it was better than lawnmower man that's for sure like when I think on this film, I really struggle to find any any real glaring fault with it. You know, like what can you say is is remotely bad about it? Like, yeah, it's like kind of cheap, but that's the point. <laughs> and everyone's like got weird performances and like goofy stuff going on, but that's that's like the point. Like they've excused themselves from like with the weirdness by making the movie about the weirdness. <laughs> I, I do have to point out one thing, one nitpicky thing, though. In the final action sequence, where they crash the bridge of the protector into, like, the convention center, the moment they crash into the convention center, some of the extras miss their mark, and they start running a split second 
before the ship hits. I didn't yeah. notice that, dude. I'm gonna have to rewatch. I only that, noticed dude. it because I've seen this movie a few times now, <laughs> and oh. like it's it's really it's inconsequential, but they miss their mark by about half a second, and they start running before the ship blasts through. And you're like, "Come on, guys! Come on! <laughs> Come on!" He didn't that say must have been yet. that must have been such an expensive set piece too. Which is why it's probably still in the edit, because they could only do it once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, I loved how it was just crashing in the convention parking lot on the way to the center, and it's just knocking over cars. And I was just thinking, man, it would suck to be that guy, you know? <laughs> you just come out, and you're like, where's, where's my car? <laughs> I realized in retrospect, by the way, that that's like the first time that, that those guys like knew it was for real, right? Because, yeah. like, mm-hmm. up until that point, they're just, like, on, like, a Vox or whatever. And they're talking to Jason Nesmith. And, like, none of it could potentially... It could all potentially be fake. And they just take a bunch of Roman candles into this, like, shopping mall parking lot. <laughs> they <just laughs> fire them off. off. They just fire Wait, them off into the air. That, that reminds me of another sci-fi movie. Was it Last Starfighter? Or, um... Was it, which movie was that? Last Starfire, Death Blossom. <laughs> I don't remember. Anyway, there's a scene where they shoot fireworks fireworks off of a roof to light a signal. Anyways, continue on. Oh my gosh. Shooting off Roman candles during the middle of the day. <laughs> in, is it safe to hold it in your hand like that? I'll be very... No, that's how you're supposed yeah. to shoot them off. Okay, that's how you're supposed okay. to do the Roman candles. Mm-hmm. You're I don't not like supposed to do the bottle rockets. Well, you can. Okay. Yes. I've done it. And you're not supposed to shoot them at each other. But, but you uh, do it anyway. But you know. <laughs> but you do it anyway. But you know. You do it anyways. <laughs> oh, man. That, that final scene is kind of wonderful, too. It's like the payoff, right? Of everything. It makes the heroes out of the fans. Um, Tim Allen gets to do his stupid role and then shoot Sarah's. <laughs> It works. It works. It works in the moment. It pays off the Omega-13. It pays, like, all these little jokes that build up over the course of the film. It pays off. Yeah, oh, the Omega-13 was mentioned at the very beginning of the movie where they show off that episode. And, and it ends with him saying, activate the Omega-13. And it cuts. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then they pay that off at the end of the film. Yeah. It, it's almost like, like you write a script to set things up and pay it off. Oh, that's crazy, yeah. dude. Wow, that's crazy. By the way, they mentioned that the Omega 38 resets time by about 13 seconds. It's probably closer to a minute. <laughs> but I watched that it again. A I made it a long time. I made it a point to kind of count it off. I'm like, okay, that was that was not 13 seconds. <laughs> the movie of movies of magic. No, magic, magic of movies. Movie what ma- am I saying? I'm tired. Movie magic time. Bullet time. It's, it's you know. <laughs> movie magic. Bullet time. This movie is, it, it's, it's, kind of, it's definitely an underrated, un, underknown gem. Especially given the, like, how off-putting some of the newer Star Trek movies are. This is, this is easily better written than anything, than any of the three new movies, I think. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Like, the new movies are great at, like, like swelling emotion and like um action set pieces and like excitement and stuff but this movie is so well written there's so much depth there's so much subtext there's like so many little threads that are set up and paid off through the entire film and uh what the new star trek films have done great is they reintroduce you to the characters they get you excited about them and like it's just it's just it's more of a ride and less of a movie, you know. Uh, yes, yeah. that's true. Totally agree. Yeah, you're just there like live to enjoy the, the ride. You're in the moment. If you th- if you spend like a good ten minutes thinking about it, you're like, yeah, this is a little bit dumb, but <laughs> but it's exciting. Like, why would you put why would you put Spock on a moon to watch his planet die, and then somehow Kirk lands on this ice planet, and then like the planet has been sucked into oblivion 
and now your your moon is hurtling through space, and yet there's still a day and night cycle. And you're like, you think you think about it for a minute, and you're like, I think I think I just lost like ten IQ. <laughs> you're like, yep, none of that made any sense. You know, I I now that I think about it, I I think that's a great parallel to like the Last Jedi because I'm thinking about it again a lot because I see a lot of you know Rise of Skywalker trailers. <laughs> you know, like if you live in the moment for that movie, it's actually not that bad. But some moments are are very bad. But like, yeah, it's like Lord of the Rings to me. Really? Just a side note. Yeah. I think Lord of the Rings is better constructed than that. I think Lord of the no, Rings. I don't, is I don't on think so. A whole nother level, Sam. I uh, love I think it's, Lord of the it's pretty Rings. bad for me. Oh no, Sam! How dare you? Yeah. How dare it's, it's you? It's because like, uh, if you read the books, they're really boring. Like, absolutely, is a, they're extremely dry. I have read yeah. all of the books several times. <laughs> I think they're they're well written. And yet you don't smoke a pipe, Barry. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I've tried. I've tried. It's such a fucking pain in the ass. Oh, did you did you read about that that uh the vaping causes? Uh, respiratory problems article that I posted. Yeah, surprise, surprise. I have read that, and I suspect it's mostly because of un- unregulated THC. Cartridges. Yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah, I think it's like ghetto-made cannabis derivative oils that they're buying from like some shady guy on the internet, or just a dealer. I mean, don't get me wrong. Vaping is definitely not good for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I think this recent health scare is more. The unregulated weird vape juices that people are yeah. making than it is like any any regular regular issue because I mean even without the recent vape whatever uh, the resurgence of vaping people have been doing like vaping THC for a very long time it's just something oh, recently really? has changed yeah like like uh, THC concentrate in vape juice has been a thing for a very long time um. I don't know. I wouldn't know. I don't vape. Vape Nation. Vape Nation, bro. <laughs> that was a weird tangent. Yeah. Weird tangent. Uh, yeah, go, I don't know why I said that. I'm tired. Going, going back to, like, uh, to Galaxy Quest, I think you're spot on. There's very few, uh, almost nothing that I could kind of point at the movie and say, this is a problem. You know, as opposed to Star Trek Beyond, where there's a lot of problems there. You still, I still, like I said, personally, I enjoyed the heck out of that movie and the characters. Like, I'm treating as a TV show, but, like, as a movie, there's so many flaws there, whereas when I watch Galaxy Quest, and I'm, since I'm watching them back-to-back, it's just more jarring how poorly written Star Trek Beyond is compared to Galaxy Quest. And Galaxy Quest is, you're right, it's the best Star Trek movie out there. It really is. Yeah. It's like... It's it's satire, it's parody, and at the same time, it's a love letter to the fandom and to the series itself. All right, I think this this is where uh, we should probably do our closing thoughts or side note, side notes first, I guess. Anything you want to bring up, and then we'll do our closing thoughts and our and our review score. Because there's so much we can say about this movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I can go on and on. Just every line of dialogue, about, you know. Yeah, there's so much that's great. You, I mean, you really have to highlight Alan Rickman's performance. May you rest in peace. Yeah, like he definitely steals the show here. Rest in he he died. That that incredible yep. yeah. A couple of years I didn't ago. Know. That's very sad now. Snape, Sam. Mm-hmm. How could you not know? I don't watch Harry Potter, that's Snape why. dies, oh dude. God. Oh my god. Sam, you haven't seen Harry Potter. <laughs> I watched the third one. You gotta watch all the Harry the Potter movies now. No, I didn't read the books. Oh my god, Sam. Oh my god. Where art thou childhood? <laughs> <laughs> We just got to make Sam read all the books by next week, then, and watch all the movies yeah. the week after that. We'll, we'll do a book review. <laughs> yeah, mm. the Pointy Hat okay. cast also reviews books. <laughs> Dude, we should yeah. do some poetry. I'm done. Some like E. E. Cummings yeah. or like no poetry, nothing. Nonsense. Get some Robert Frost up in this bitch. Oh, some Frost. Okay, okay. We could do the. How about a uh, Doctor Seuss? You know, I had to perform Two Roads Diversion of Yellow Wood in middle school. Oh my god, it was do you great. Still remember? I think I remember the first stanza. Probably not it's anything after that. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and I took the it's one less traveled. And that is the difference. Yes. Mm, 
that would seem like a foolish choice because you know if you didn't travel it's not well traveled then you know it could be unsafe no it's about adventure sam it's the spirit it's of adventure the or there could be brigands you know lying in wait no it's about the adventure sam <laughs> i know i know that's what it means i'm just saying typically you know so you gotta read all the harry travel. potter books by next week sam heck no i am reading i'm actually trying to read a lot more i am reading uh star wars novel by timothy zahn. Oh, god you're telling me you're reading star wars but you Ron. can't read harry potter timothy zahn timothy zahn is a good choice yeah yeah he's excellent which, but like, which um, one are you reading thrawn the Thrawn Saga? Okay, yeah, that that's yeah. like the definitive good extended universe novelization. Yeah. But I did read The Martian, uh per Barry's recommendation. I read it. Fantastic novel. It has enough uh science in it, science and sciencey stuff, and it's written mm-hmm. in a way that's really accessible. There's humor in it. All uh, the science in that movie is like ninety nine percent correct. And the only yeah. thing the only thing that really stretches credulity and is technically incorrect is the fact that um, a windstorm on Mars really would not do that. I was going to say that because there's not enough atmosphere. There's not enough atmosphere. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. True, it does travel at like 500 miles per hour, but it's at like 0.1 atmospheres, so there's no <laughs> force behind it. <laughs> yeah, it just makes me want to watch The Martian again. I really like the poo potatoes. like. It's just like potatoes. Yeah, I'm gonna I wanna grow potatoes now. I wanna be a potato. Grow potatoes in your own poo? Yeah, my own poo. Exactly. And then I tried to read Blood and Fire, which is the prequel to the Game of Thrones series, and it was just too boring and I didn't give a crap about the characters. If you want a sci fi series to read, read the expense. Oh the Oh, that's a novel? I thought it was a TV show. <laughs> I can hear Barry dying. Like, ah. You uncultured swine. How dare you? <laughs> yes, it's a novel. The novels are very okay. good. All right, I'll check out the novel. Yeah, I'm down to read it. Uh, if you're down to do book reviews, I'm down. The Expanse is uh, nice. It's very light reading. I think you'll enjoy it. It's it's like the same uh, depth as like The Martian. Well, not the same depth, I'd say. There's a lot less math. <laughs> I love the math. But it's just easy reading. <laughs> okay, I'll check it out. Yeah, I'm just trying to read like 15 minutes a day in between videos or editing or whatever I'm doing just to give myself mm-hmm. a break and... You know, give my brain a, an exercise, a workout. Is that that's how you read? Yeah. Wow, I, yeah. I do mine in like blocks. <laughs> yep. I might not read for like a month, and then I'll read like a full novelization, like a full series, in a couple wow, days. I, yeah, wow, I feel that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like the Expanse, the whole yeah. series. I read that in probably like a couple days. Um, mm. I think I'm going to start Ring World next, but that's. Voluminous. <laughs> Wait, uh, who's the author? Terry Pratchett. Yeah, Terry Pratchett. Uh, there's a. You remember Kind Ups? Josh. Yes. He is a huge <laughs> Terry Pratchett fan. Really. Yeah. Okay. So I guess it comes highly recommended for people who like. Is that sci-fi? Yeah. Or fantasy. It's sci-fi. Okay. Yeah, it's very Pratchett. good sci-fi from what I've read. All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> on, though. A, lot, a lot of books to read now. Expanse, Terry Pratchett. Harry uh, Potter. Lord of the Rings. Harry Pooper. The Silmarillion. No, yeah. I tried reading that. It's so boring. It's so dry. I've tried reading it's that like book a, four times. Yeah, it's an encyclopedia. It's basically, that's what you're Stephen reading. By Stephen King. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if, we, if you want to do it. Read the book, and then we're going to watch the movie. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> not Spooky down. Spooky Spirit Club. Dude, yeah, it's, not that, it's not that scary, man. No, I just don't want to read the book. <laughs> <laughs> well, then just watch the movie. That's the solution. Man, mm, it's <sighs> spooky, though. It's, it's Breakfast Club with a spooky clown. <laughs> That's, that sounds more fun than it. It's It's really... 
the okay the second movie apparently is not very well reviewed but the first one was was very charming if you deleted the scary clown from the movie it would probably still be the same movie oh, okay uh i was just gonna say joker initial reviews pretty good uh i'm hyped for it i want to check it out uh, I'm so we could do that joker I don't. I don't really care, guys. I'm sorry to disappoint. No, but what if, what if it turns much. out to be a good DC movie? That's what I'm saying. It's just because I like, love. What if it turns out? Joaquin Phoenix? Yeah. Like everything he does, I just think he's incredible. You guys definitely need to get on that Joaquin Phoenix train, dude. I don't like Joaquin oh, Phoenix. Like I, I only have so many fucks to give, and DC has already burned through too many of them. But what if this is uh, the good one? But think about what Batman. If this is the good one, Barry. Think about Batman. Oh no. This- uh, vampire guy, <laughs> sparkly vampire Batman. Yeah, I was gonna say sparkly vampire guy. I was gonna say twinkly, but that didn't sound right. So <laughs> sparkles is better. Yeah. Moon Knight. Moon Knight. <laughs> oh, I can't wait! I cannot wait for Moon Knight. You don't understand how excited I am. Like the two comic book properties I'm looking forward to more than anything else are Moon Knight. And Booster Gold. <laughs> yeah, I, I did hear they're making a Booster Gold movie. We have enough cool comic book characters. We, we, we need more fucking retarded comic book characters. <laughs> that are based Definitely on Moon completely Knight. stupid, <laughs> stupid premises. All right, we need let's, Squirrel let's Girl next. Squirrel, no, dude. Girl. She, she's OP. She's oh, like one of the strongest characters in the... Yeah, she's too like, powerful. We can't handle it. Captain Marvel is a bitch. It's all about Squirrel Girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nobody can lose Captain Marvel. Incomparable. Oh, I don't know why, but I was just thinking of Alice and Brie being a Squirrel Girl. I think that would work out pretty good. <laughs> she suddenly becomes Squirrel Girl? I don't understand. Yeah. I don't know. I just think she's really hot. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be more... Like her personality. Probably more like uh, Emily Blunt. Maybe like maybe Emily. No, maybe Emma Watson. I was saying she would be a better Captain Marvel. I think Emma Watson would do good. Good girls, uh, Squirrel Girl. Emma Watson, really? Yeah. Okay. She's too cute, though. Well, that's that's what Squirrel Girl is. She's like super cute, pretty young. Uh, I think she's ginger. And she just controls squirrels, and she's unstoppable. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like uh, Emma Watson is too... the most powerful being in the universe. Yeah, she's too Absolutely. sophisticated to play a squirrel girl. You know, I just imagine her... Like, but that's why it'll be funny. You're right. <laughs> it's like it's like Alan Rickman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see it now. All right, perfect. You know who wouldn't? I wouldn't like to see Natalie Portman. <laughs> as she Thor? I just soured on her. She Thor, God It's going to happen, dude. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming, Sam. All right. Yeah, on that sad note, I, I'm hoping that it's good, but we'll see. It's Taika, you know? Yeah. Oh, Jojo Rabbit. Have you seen that trailer? Speaking of Taika? Nope. I've seen the trailer. It's fucking wild. Yeah. Uh, It's about a little little boy Nazi who's, who's an imaginary <laughs> Hitler friend. And the Hitler is played by Taika. And he's an absolute idiot. He's just basically making fun of Nazis. Sounds amazing. And it's a story about love. Because the little boy meets a Jew, Jewish girl. And he's torn between like having to stay true to his Nazi identity. And uh, finds out that you know this girl ain't so bad. <laughs> Check it out, dude. Check it out. Jojo Rabbit. I'm excited to see that movie. There's only two movies I'm hyped to see opening day. Joker and Jojo Rabbit. You're not hyped for Star Wars? No. <laughs> the Rise <laughs> of Skywalker? No. I want to see it. I want I want all of us to watch it together. And then uh, we'll go into our uh, Christmas episode for Why the Last Jedi is a great movie. And then we'll review Rise of Skywalker next. Imagine that. Absolutely. All right. Closing thoughts. Closing thoughts. Yeah, closing thoughts. I'll, I'll lead us off. Um... This film is absolutely wonderful. Um, I, there's, there's nothing else to say. Astonishing performances, fantastic writing, <laughs> excellent premise. Everything is done well in this movie. Like you could, 
Like you, you could try your best to nitpick it, and and you find very little material t- to really latch onto. It's all just it's all just done very well. Um, I maintain that it's mm-hmm. my favorite Star Trek movie. I think it's probably, I don't know, people will disagree with me. I think I still think it's the best Star Trek movie, and I think the cast of Star Trek has come on record and saying they love the movie, um, except for Kirk. <laughs> really William Shatner likes the movie but he dislikes Tim Allen's portrayal of, of Kirk because it was making uh. fun of him so much <laughs> <laughs> makes sense got him got, got him, him yeah. um, it's just so great there's so much humor there's humor there's drama there's like an emotional chord in the movie it's it's kind of a miracle how well this movie works. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to give this, uh, I'm going to give this, I think, man, like nine suicide squads. Wow. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm going to give it nine suicide squads. I think that's your highest rating. I'm going to give Alan Rickman's performance, 10 suicide squads. <laughs> okay. That's <laughs> fine. I respect that. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Isaiah? Man, I'm. I would have to say an eight. Actually, an eight and a half. Mm. I really enjoyed okay. this film, and going in blind was honestly a lot of fun because I had literally no idea what to expect. But if you told me that this movie was Tropic Thunder in space, bro, I would have been so hyped. <laughs> That's a great, great, great way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, just the actors and their performances are amazing. But at the same time, you can tell that this is like a beautiful homage to what seems like, at least for a lot of them, like a love for the series. And it doesn't feel like disrespectful. It feels very wonderfully and tastefully made and manages to perfectly toe that line between being a comedy but also having these emotional moments and cores to the characters that (coughs) DC (coughs) can't. You know, manage to ever hit. So, yeah, overall, just a really, really fun and enjoyable film. Yeah, eight point five. What do I use, Sam? Yeah, uh, everything everyone else said. Like a- acting is great. The way the scenes are constructed is great. There's things that are are introduced, and then there's a payoff for them later on in the movie. Uh, we didn't mention about like the layers of the this movie has yeah absolutely uh, like it's a meta commentary <laughs> on like star trek the fandom and how like the fandom and and these actors need each other and like how silly these movies are it's, it's a parody on multiple levels making fun of the characters themselves you briefly mentioned that um but yeah like everything works together and i can't help but like love this movie and and the people in it every time i watch it I'm gonna give it a eleven. <laughs> eleven for me. Whoa. Yeah, for me, it is the epitome of what makes what is good, and it lacks everything that made Suicide Squad bad. So, like, if I just compare the two movies, <laughs> it's night and day. Like this, this movie has reached the the height of what Suicide Squad should have been, according to the Suicide Squad rating. But uh, <laughs> is it my personal favorite movie? Of all time, not really. It's not reflective of that. But, uh, you know, like I had... There's some moments in Star Trek Beyond where I had more fun watching that movie than Galaxy Quest. But, uh, so it doesn't... You know, my score doesn't reflect that properly. But, yeah, 11. That's a side note for the show. The listeners, like, we... When we watch the movies, we have more technical breakdowns of the things that happen in the movies. Uh, We talk about it on our Discord channel or before the show starts but we usually uh, don't put that in too much into the podcast because we try to keep it more conversational i don't know if people are interested in that maybe we'll throw more of that in into the show but i don't know it'll be too long then <laughs> all right let's end it there anything else y'all want to mention before we head out mm, nope rest in peace alan rickman Absolutely. Yeah, rest in peace rest in man peace. Rest in absolute peace. legend Wow. Yeah. That's sad. I didn't know. Uh, I should stay on top of news more often. 
This has been episode 16 and a bit of the Pointy Hatcast on Galaxy Quest. Thank you for listening in. We are available on iTunes, Google, Spotify, Alexa, and many more. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at pointyhatcast at gmail.com. Once again, the email is pointyhatcast at gmail.com. Thank you for dropping by once again. We really do appreciate it. And catch us next time on the Pony Hatcast. Smash that like and subscribe button. <laughs> Thanks for dropping by, guys. Stay pointy. <laughs> Stay pointy. Stay pointy. <laughs> it's right. ironic because there's no subscribing like a podcast. <laughs> <laughs>